Here's something uh, amazing, which I, I love about uh, Easter Sunday. It, Noel's going to put up a, a slide for me so that I can, I can whip through this for you so that you get an idea about what I, I'm talking about this morning. It's not about us meeting somebody famous, but Easter is all about the most famous one, the creator of all things, Jesus Christ himself coming to meet us. And this is what I love about Easter. Easter reminds us that God goes the extra mile to ensure that we can have a relationship with him. You might remember the Easter story. It's uh, early one uh, Sunday morning. It's, a, it's, it's, it's an early morning. And what's happening is that everybody's going to the tomb where Jesus' body is laid. And they're going to, to prepare him because there wasn't enough time on the Friday when he came off of the cross to prepare his body fully. So they were going to... And what happens is they turn up, people start turning up at the tomb and realize that the tomb is empty. He is not there. There was one lady who went to see him. Her name was Mary. She went rushing across to go. She wants to be the first one, really, to make sure that... Her saviour, her friend, was beautifully prepared as she wanted him to be. But when she gets to the tomb, he's not there. This is what happens when the disciples went back to their homes. Mary stood outside the tomb crying. He's not there. She wept, it says. She bent over the tomb to look in. There's a point here which reminds me about how God comes to meet with us. It's not that we go to meet with him in this sense. It's the fact that he comes to meet with us. This is what happens next. The scripture tells us that at this time she turned around and she saw Jesus was standing there. Now she's expecting him to be laid out in a tomb. But now he's actually stood behind her. But she says she didn't realize it was Jesus. Woman! He says to her, why are you crying? Who's it you're looking for? Thinking that he was the gardener, as you would. She said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. And as as he spoke her name, and I love this, because when God deals with us and, and meets with us and engages with us, he always does it in the sense that he knows us. You see, whenever I go and tell God things that I've done and ask for forgiveness, it's not a a surprise to God what I've done. He knows already. And I can remember the number of times that I tried to pull the wool over my parents' eyes when I was younger and, you know, did something wrong, but then denied that I'd done it. Uh, Who broke this? I don't know. Who locked? I don't know. Who spilled this? I, I don't know. But they know. And God knows. God knows all about us. And therefore he says, Mary, he knows her, all about her. And the moment that he speaks her name, she recognizes who he is. And what I love is the fact that our God comes alongside us in our times of weakness. Here's Mary, she was weeping, she was crying, she was sad. And this is the beautiful thing that our wonderful God does. In Jesus, he comes alongside us in our sadness. He's not frightened by the times when we are struggling. He comes and he meets us. 
So here in this situation, he meets Mary in her sadness. Whatever you're going through, he understands and he comes to meet with you. That's the story of Easter. Our risen Lord is alive and comes alongside. There's this other situation where the disciples, they've gone away, they've locked themselves away. They're fearful of what the authorities are going to do. They're hiding away. And this is what it says. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood amongst them and says, Peace to you. I don't know what you're fearful of at this moment in time. I've got no idea. But he knows. And whatever you're fearful of, he isn't fearful of. It doesn't scare him what we're going through. And just as with these disciples who are locked away in the upper room, in their fear, Jesus comes alongside. He meets them. Hi. I'm here with you through this. This is what he's saying. I'm not frightened by the things you're frightened of. I'm for you and I'm with you and I'm here for you right now. Now the problem was, not all the disciples were up there at that encounter. There was one guy who was uh, missing. Does anybody remember his name? Thomas. Here we go. Here's Thomas. A week later, the disciples, well what happened is that Thomas wasn't there. He missed out. They all gathered round when Thomas came. But I don't know where Thomas was. What was he doing? But whatever he was doing, he missed out on the encounter. But when the disciples all got together, they were saying to him, we met the Lord, he's come back, he's alive. And Thomas turns around and goes, yeah, a load of rubbish, I don't believe you. Unless I see for myself, unless I put my hand, my finger in in the nail prints in his hands or or, or in his side, I'm not going to believe. That's what Thomas says. I'm totally doubting what you're saying. You're all bonkers. But then this happens, you see, a week later, it says, the disciples were in the house again. Thomas this time was with them. And through the door, though the doors were locked, Jesus came, stood amongst them and said, peace be with you. I, I just love the way that you can't lock Jesus out. He's coming in. He wants to engage with us. He wants us to encounter him. He wants us to be aware of his amazing love. And even though Thomas started off as a doubter, he became one of the greatest uh, proponents of the Christian faith. He was a, a proclaimer in the life that God gives. I don't know if you doubt I have conversations with people at times about the Christian faith, one of the things that I do in my job, which is brilliant. And some people say, well, you know, uh, I just don't believe in the God that you believe in. And I, I, you know, it's one of those flippant, I suppose, comments you can respond back with, is, is I say something along the lines of, well, you tell me about the God that you don't believe in, and I probably don't believe in him myself. But let me tell you about the God that I believe in. Doubts. It's okay to have doubts. It's okay to have questions. It's okay to not have all your I's dotted, all your T's crossed. It's okay. Because Easter Sunday, as we recognize that our God is alive, is also a time to recognize that our God is going to go the extra mile for us, 
that we would come to a full understanding of who he is and what he did for us upon the cross. You don't have to worry about doubts. If you've got doubts, bring your doubts. That doesn't scare Jesus off. And the last part of the encounters happens on a beach. And there's loads of people down the beach. I know there's loads of people down the beach um, yesterday because all I heard on the radio was news reports of traffic jams. So trying to get down to Bournemouth, no chance. And you've missed it today. So if you're thinking about heading to the beach after, I wouldn't bother. Stay at home. Um, Go and get a bag of sand from B&Q and play with that. A week later, the disciples, uh, no, we've done that bit. I'm going off to fish, says Simon Peter. Simon Peter decides he's heading off fishing. It's all gone quiet. Where is Jesus? Uh, The other disciples say, okay, well, we'll go with you. So they went out into the boat, but they fished all night and caught absolutely nothing. And this is one of those beautiful things that I love about having a relationship with God. Being a Christian, you might think that you have absolutely nothing, but with him, you have absolutely everything you need. You see, in their emptiness, they find that Jesus is actually on the beach, making them breakfast. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples didn't realize it was him. A bit like Mary didn't realize it was Jesus. She thought it was the gardener. Didn't realize it was Jesus. He called out to them. He said, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. You know, they're going to think into themselves, he's rubbing it in a bit here. We caught nothing. Now he's taking the mick. No, they answered. Then he says, throw your net over the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. This is what happens when Jesus comes into your life. Emptiness gets filled. Doubts get dispelled. Fear is overtaken by hope. And sadness is replaced by joy. That is the experience of every single believer. Because Jesus meets us in our sadness, in our fears, in our doubts, in our emptiness. He comes and meets with us. This Resurrection Sunday is a brilliant day to remember how much God is for us. And here's something else, just to remind those who already believe. This is the one just for you. This this beautiful verse in Ephesians chapter 1. And it says this. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church. And he says, says, I pray also that the eyes of your... I never thought that hearts had eyes, but there you go. That's quite interesting. I pray also the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope. Do you really know the hope that we have? Resurrection Sunday reminds us of the hope we all have because the one who was dead is alive. And he has promised that he will bring us back to life for eternity too. That's the amazing hope. Paul goes on to say, to which he has called you, the riches, how rich we are. I look at my bank account sometimes and think to myself, well, that's not quite right. But then I start to think about what do we have? compared to so many others. A roof over our head, food on the table, education for our kids, even got a car to drive to work in. But beyond that, we have the riches of a relationship with the God who created us. 
But then it goes on, of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. There's power. If you as a Christian feel a little wishy-washy, if you as a Christian don't feel powerful, then this verse reminds us how powerful we are. Because God, when we invite him into our lives, comes and takes up residence and gives us power. Holy Spirit power. And what is that power like? This is what the Apostle Paul tells us. That this power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Therefore, as a believer in Christ, you need to know that you have the same power inside of you that was used to raise Jesus from the dead. Whenever you think to yourself, I can't, or I'm unable, then you need to know that what God has done is he's given you everything that you need to say, I can and I am able. Resurrection Sunday. Easter Sunday. A brilliant day to celebrate that Jesus is alive, but he's also making other people alive as well. One of the brilliant uh, ways of expressing a life change that people have is that they come and get baptised. And that's what we're going to do now. We're going to baptise two ladies here this morning. And we've got to ask ourselves the question, what is baptism all about? Well, what you'll see is you'll see two people come down and get into the water. Those two people will uh, confess some things. We'll we'll ask them to make some promises. And then we will completely immerse them in water. What happens is they go back into the water. And it's almost like dying. Dying to themselves. They're saying, I'm putting my life behind me because I want God to be in the forefront of everything I do. And what you do is you bury that old life. That old life is put under the water and is buried. But the fantastic thing is what we remember today, it's Resurrection Sunday. So we bring the person, and we we always do this, it's it's worth remembering, bring them back up again. (laughs) So we bring them back up, and it's newness of life. I'm alive, and I'm... So it's almost like... This is, is a bath for the sinful. So we're saying I am clean, not because I've got washed in this water, but because Jesus has died for me, I am clean. But as well as it being a bath to get us clean, a recognition of what God has done for us, but it's also a, a place of burial where we bury our old selves and then we are brought back to new life.